0: So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Teladano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to
1: podcasts. at t connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to Voices That Glow. Thank you to the geniuses of Spoken Audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything.
2: AT&T. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: That's right.
4: I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio,
5: a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast.
4: podcast.
0: Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. Cosmic Kev. The, the legend. Mayor. The mayor. And you got somebody with you, Kev? <laughs> the mayor of
6: Philadelphia. <laughs> the mayor of Philadelphia. Exactly. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. The mayor of right. Philadelphia. Call it right. <laughs> right. Who, who you got with you, Kev? I got my man, Rabu, from UIGI Social Club. This is my guy, life changer. You know what I mean? This is my dude. Okay.
3: What what would what, what you bring Rob Moore up here for, Kev? What, well, what,
6: what does he provide? What does he provide? He provides a lot of things. He provides financial stability for those who, you know, a lot of people, a lot of times, especially in the DJ community, and I'm going to use an example, the problem that I have with a lot of DJs, they don't even have life insurance. Mm. You know, they, they ride around. They got this, they got that. And when you're in the prime of your life, um, you don't, you don't think about these things you get in the bag bags coming you know and next thing you know when the, the club stop the party stop you're not on the air or, or if, if you're in the club and you're not even in the club anymore you don't even have life insurance the one thing that really bothers me is when one of the djs when they die or something like that um fish fries I, I can't stand it. Man, <laughs> it, 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 stop. And yeah. it's not even just DJs. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's <laughs> <to be> clear. <laughs> like, yeah. i am like, being honest with you. No, no. You, <laughs> me, what you, you, am I lying?
3: Oh, uh, I thought it was it's a GoFundMe fan. GoFundMe. Exactly. exactly. No, I hate go fish. Fundy.
6: No, no, listen, listen. I, fish, fries, and GoFundMe. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. You go. But I'm saying at the same time, you'll see these dudes and, you know, and I'm not hating. They'll, they'll be <laughs> blinked out. You keep looking at me like I'm talking about you or something. I'm not. I know that you're good. I mean, I'm, I'm I know I think you're I'm straight out here. I think I'm okay. it, it, yeah, yeah, no, but think I'm, I'm, I'm just right. I'm i speaking people in general. They ride around, they you know, they they up and then as soon as they die, they yeah, that's first real. thing to go from me and that's then they don't think about financial you know, putting their own stuff in the ground. And, and
5: the burden on your family. Yes, absolutely.
6: and I think that's not fair to them. And the one thing about my guy here, he creates a lot of ways where you don't have to worry about um, that put yourself in that situation and that's what he does and I will say he's changed my life But we, we're gonna get to that. You know, mm-hmm. we, we're gonna definitely talk about mm-hmm. that, you know, let's start let's start with, with Kev the, the the beginning of
0: cosmic Kevin who cosmic Kev is Cosmic Kevin calls you a Philly legend the mayor of Philly Yes, now, how did you get into DJ and start in, in your journey? Because people don't understand what
6: you a lot of people don't might not know what you mean to this culture
5: and the longevity of your career, too
6: man, um if we start, the, the interview might be too long. So. That's all right. We got a little bit of time. Okay. Yeah, I know because I know you guys are, you know, you guys are real busy. Um, <laughs> so what it was is um, I started uh, on my block. There was a guy up the street, and this is this is before it's, people were even scratching records. So this is how long ago this was. And I used to play the drums. I used to, like, um, I used to be in the house and listen to the radio and play drums, and this guy up the street, he, was, um, he had a pair of turntables, so I would go over there. He wasn't mixing he would just play one record to the next right and i started you know hanging out with him His name was brian um and then when i started and i'm just trying to skim through it you know uh-huh. then um the evolution of uh grandmaster flash Rainwich Theodore, the guys that was doing the scratching and all that they started doing that so then they grabbed my ear and i wanted to kind of try to learn how to emulate that and get it perfected really well mm-hmm. um got into that was doing that because I come from a turntableless era. A right. turntableless era, era is like a Jazzy Jeff. I'm just saying using that name so you can kind of relate. to Scratch what about. Yeah. Jazzy Jeff. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you know, at that time, that was one of the things that you definitely had to do to really be on in Philly. Like Philly, if you weren't doing those things, you people didn't care. So I went through that phase. Was doing that for a while, uh, and I was doing mixtapes, but the mi- kind of mixtape, not the kind of mixtapes that you, Clue, or somebody else was doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like more like block party tapes, house party Actual tapes. scratching. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that type of thing. And um, doing that for a long time, and I never really took it serious to go from, to making money. We were doing it to be fun. Like we had an old crew, uh, Shadda, it sounds a little old, Shadda Grandmasters of Funk. That was my old crew. Mm-hmm. And um, we were doing it to have fun back then. So Uh, that phase of course phased out you're going into the 90s I started doing college radio I got my first college radio gig uh, KDU it's in Drexel University Um, I was doing that I was doing another station called Boss 97 and those stations were out in Jersey they were not in Philadelphia well the one station was in Philadelphia KDU shout out to uh, my man Joe so what happened was I had relocated in Jersey for a sec Mm
2: -hmm.
6: and um a friend of mine's name is Ahmed Khan. He kept telling me, yo, you need to get back, you know, going back, get back on Philly radio. And then this is like 90, going into 91. So I kept saying, well, man, I don't know. And what happened was I said, okay, I'm going to try. So then I went back, you know, I moved back to Philly because I was in Jersey for like three years. Went to Philly. Got with Kobe, Kobe and That was a fight. Kobe Colvin. <laughs> that was a fight. Like he, we were clashing. He didn't, he Didn't want to give me a shot at first. But I definitely got shot because eventually he did. Um, And then I shot my man um, Lightfoot from Beloved Hair Company, because Lightfoot was the one that told him, yo, this guy's dope. Now at this time, I'm making mixtapes. In 92, I'm making mixtapes. Like, I'm in it, but I'm making different. I'm not making the mixtapes I was making uh, in the earlier years. Mm -hmm. So, I'm in it. All I cared about was really getting on the radio, just so I can just say, my t- mixtape was out. I wasn't really trying to do the radio thing. Right. Just trying to just promote my mixtape. That's all I cared about. And uh, it went from there. Uh, I was doing Kobe's rap show mm-hmm. for like a half hour. 1 one a.m. to 1.30 a.m. Nobody really heard me. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Coffee makers. People at the... <laughs> We've only been there. Yeah. You, I know you know. So I was doing that and uh, eventually to kind of speed it up. Uh, shout out. There's... Four people that's responsible for my success. That would be Helen Little. Helen, Shout salute to Helen. To Helen. Like, Helen Little. She, she here? yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, okay, okay. yeah I, I, I bow down. Like, right. Helen Little. Got was, I got to tell you a funny story about that. We can get to that in a second. Well, Helen Little, Kobe, Helen Little, Lightfoot, and Ken Johnson were really responsible for me getting to the level of success that I've had. Mm-hmm. So I definitely had to shop them out. So she was the one that elevated me to go from uh that one AM to one thirty to eight o'clock to she put me on every night. But I wasn't a I wasn't full time. I was just a you know a mixer. And Kim was the one that put me on as a full time air personality and, you know, DJ. You know somewhat what you do and other people. So I gotta definitely shout out to them. So that's kinda like the skim of what happened and for me, the funny thing is, and um, when I was doing the mixtape, you know, back then the mixtapes were so competitive. Mm-hmm. I I, I got to say this. Clue really had the mixtape mm-hmm. game on oh, smash.
5: Illuminati.
6: Hands <laughs> down. No, you, you don't understand. So I'm going to tell you all this funny story. Mm-hmm. So mind you, now this is, we're talking, we're like maybe 94. 95, mm-hmm. Yeah, around that time. So, Clue, I'm. 1995. Oh, of course. I, I mean, saw yeah, era. Yeah, 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 of course. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm, I'm like, my mixtapes are really buzzing in Philly, but then it's still, Clue's still like knocking everybody out the box. So I'm, I'm mad because I'm from the turntables era. Like, oh man, <laughs> he's not scratching. Blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm in that frame of mind. So, I went to this store It's a guy named Abdul Uptown Flavor. Shout out to him. I don't know where he is. Uptown Flavor. Yeah. Wow. So, he, um, I went in there and I, let's say if I would take in like 40 tapes. So I would come back like the following week and maybe 20 tapes in there. In clue section, he maybe have three tapes in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, why y'all not pushing my stuff? Da, da, da. And then so he I got a shout out to him. He gripped me up and come in the back of the store. And he's African. You know, you, you fucking you 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 hate on him. You don't really you hate on him. You, you got to up your style. Like, he get the exclusive. He get exclusive, and you got to get your exclusive. Don't get mad, because he get exclusive. Now, mind you, I'm mad, like, oh, man. But I definitely got a shout out to him, because he made me really look at what the, the how the culture had changed. Yeah. So it made me up my position, and I was coming to New York. I was in all the studios in Philly. Like, I was just getting different stuff from different artists just to try to get myself in a more prominent position. But Clue, like I said, he, Clue really changed the game. Like he changed the mixtape
3: game. Mm. So, what did you do? That, is that when you started the <clears throat> come up show so you could have so,
6: exclusive right, so, freestyle? So, so, let's, so, let's, so let's, let's get into that. So, mm-hmm. the show was Radioactive. That's the show that Kobe was doing. Kobe was doing Radioactive. That was the. Was rap that the
3: cave show. or something?
6: Who? No, that wasn't. Okay, no mind. Oh, you're talking right. about Batcave. Bat Shout cave. Batcave. Yeah, yeah. Shout out yeah. to Batcave. Shout out yeah. to Pete Phone. Um, ruggedness. Um, So Kobe had the show called Radioactive, right? That was the rap show. Mm -hmm. It's like your rap show that was in New York back then. Mm -hmm. So I was DJing on that show. Kobe had moved up in positioning. He had became like a music director and then an assistant program director. Then he moved up to the morning show. So once he moved up to the morning show, that left that spot open. So they said, well, you can't do the morning show and do the rap show. Somebody has to take it. So at that time... um, Helen Little, she had offered me Kobe's show, mm-hmm. which was, it was reactive, but we had to change the name. Shout out to my homie, partner in crime, QDZ. QDZ, what up Let Q? Me tell you, mm-hmm. QDZ, I always knew that he was a talent, but he was the one that he was really doing the hosting at the time, and I was doing the DJing, mm-hmm. doing the co-hosting. So then we started that, and that's when we started bringing up all the artists like local artists and international artists to come down and freestyle on the show. So that's how the whole freestyle thing came uh-huh. about with me. Like, that's where it started, right there. I mean, not saying that I didn't get other freestyles, because like I said, I was in the mixtape thing, but mm-hmm. for us branding it and making it as big as I can, it started, that's where it started at, right there. And
3: there's really not an artist who came out of Philly who didn't come through that come up show. You really? know
6: what? The only artist that I can honestly say that has not did the come up show freestyle is Little Uzi.
0: Really,
6: wow. okay. he's the only Uzi, one. The only one. He's the only one. Mm. Cause you know, Uzi, he took a different. He he took a different direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, at, at one time there was like a little, uh, there was a little disagreement between Uzi and Diamond, Diamond Cut, and me. right? Yep. Yeah, it was like you know, and we we we're, we're past that. You know, none but love appreciation for him but he took a different direction. He wasn't your average Philadelphia artist that right. came up and burnt the booth down. He wasn't like he was different. And you know as you can see now he's different. So that's where you know pretty much he's the only artist that hasn't really done a come up show.
3: How did y'all navigate like um the beefs in Philadelphia cuz the thing about Philly is them <laughs> niggas can really rap and they really will shoot you. So it's like, when you, <laughs> so when when people like Gilly and Beanie and all of them really going at it, how does Cosmic Cab referee that? Because
6: sometimes they would get mad at you. But so not only that, they go to the station and right. everybody knows yes. And the they want to air is. it
5: out, and here you are on the so
6: interview. So <laughs> you want the real truth on that situation? Please. So the real truth on that situation, um, and I've talked about this a thousand times, but, you know, I got to say this. I want to, this is, it's always their side, your side, and the truth. I'm giving you the truth. So the whole thing, it wasn't planned out when uh the being when um state property mm-hmm. and major figures, that's what it was, major mm-hmm. yep. that wasn't that wasn't a beef that was planned. We never we never encourages or encouraged people to beef. But anyway, young Chris and young Neve, who of state property, uh at that time, you know, they were hot, you know, and so was major figures. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to come up and do a freestyle. I was like, Yeah, come on, you know, we you no, know, cool, no problem because that's when Can't Stop, Won't Stop was crazy. Yep. Whatever. They come up, they just started going right at major figures, Woos, Gilly, um, Bump J, um, Spado. They just started, we didn't know they were going to do it. <laughs> that's like, if I get on this mic and I just say, uh, F you, I you like, where, wow. where did this come from? Right, right. You, you know what I mean? Like, so, wow. you know, they, they had, like we didn't have no knowledge of knowing what was going on. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, of course they were they was doing what they was doing spin when they spit and then when they got finished you know Gil and all of them called up after they left and Gil like yo you gonna let them come up there and bomb on us and this and that and we was like no we didn't let them do we didn't know they were gonna do that right. so by only by fair we had to let them come back to mm-hmm. respond because if we didn't it would have looked like you we was taking was sides for- Right. Taking sides, we were in a bad position. mean, mm-hmm. at that Easy. time Rockefeller was all fired, so it already looked <clears throat> like right. It was. So it all you 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 get what I'm saying. What and do this... they
5: call that, like the equal time or yeah, something? Equal time, something. Did we do that with politics? It yeah, it's just
6: because. And at that time, you know, people don't notice. And I mean, y'all might know, but originally state property was put together. Um, major figures. Was supposed to sign to Rockefeller. I heard, I heard that somewhere before. Yeah, they, yeah. They, like, and I'm not. This is not a shot. If they would have, if Gil Bump Spade and all them would have took that deal that they were offering at the time, mm-hmm. you probably would have never been a state property. Wow. Yeah, because they were close to take the deal
5: mm-hmm.
6: for whatever contractual reasons it didn't work. They didn't take the deal. And they sat it out and then they put state property together. So of course you can see it's a little animosity there. Right. Um boom. When I I didn't know that they was they had a problem. I didn't know that, nor did QDZ. So when they um after that happened, of course we had to let them come back to respond. And then after they responded, someone from uh state property got murdered. So, you know, we don't, from the jump, we never really liked doing the beef, but we ha- at that time it was like, damn, we don't let them come back, they gonna think. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason why we did it. Like now, beefing in Philadelphia has been around for centuries. Like there's a lot of crews that beef that we don't let them come up and do it on our show at right. the time when QDZ was doing the show. But um, you asked me how do we handle it? We just, I just don't allow it. Like mm-hmm. I don't, if you, I'm opting with nah you're not coming up on my platform bro I'm not I, I can't do it like and it's not because of the the situation that transpired it's more of I don't want anybody in my city having problems with each other I right. just don't mm-hmm. i don't condone that in no no way shape shape or fashion
0: I was gonna ask what what you know for a lot of Djs they don't have longevity right there's a handful of them that's been as hot as you know 94 as, as they are now so how would you tell a DJ how do you continue with longevity in this in this industry Gotta change with the times,
6: and I I, I said that um, with when we first started. When you said about the, the mixtape thing, mm-hmm. you can't. You know, somebody may come to me and say that knew me. My, Yo, Kev, I want you get on the. I want you to get on the tape and scratch up. Let's dance to the drummer's beat. You... <laughs> <laughs> she probably don't even know what that is. Uh huh. You know, I, I do. Say. I do. Oh my bad. These hip hop heads. She said, "Don't you. disrespect me." <laughs> no, nah, but you know, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of people, they're like, what is that? What, right. what are you talking about? So you have to... I'm not saying you can't keep the art form art form true to itself, but you got to be able to change with the times. You can't do... Like, I can't come in here and wear gabardine pants and big bifocals and... Right. And, it's like
5: keeping up with technology. You yeah, can't you be got, doing exactly. things. I mean, you can. You have to know what's going on. I mean, I can, but I won't. You have to know what's going on today. <laughs> but I won't. Well, let me ask it. you this. So I know... Um, As far as your finances, right, when did you realize, okay, I got to make sure that I'm prepared? Because like we were talking about earlier, DJs and people in general just not being prepared for in case there's an emergency, something happens. I know a lot of times people get into financial distress because of it could be medical bills. It could be unexpected situations. And we all want to be thinking about our future and one day being able to comfortably retire or having our money make money. When did you get into that mindset? What
6: million was it? See, here we go. I didn't say that. You can <laughs> say that. is a millionaire right here. Anyway, let um, I me mean tell you what it is. I'm going to be very, very honest with you. And I don't, and I know Charlamagne, he's good for getting people to say what you want going to say. I'm going to say this without saying it. There's a lot of DJs that I, I saw and see now that they don't, they living in, they just not living right. All right, all right, all right. Like they, they, they have to DJ. They have to DJ clubs to pay their bills, and I don't mean any. I'm talking about smaller DJs. Mm-hmm. Like, or they like yo, because, like they're doing. They're trying to do. They're trying to do all these clubs and make, you know, money. Bigger DJ too, though. I'm sorry. That's a bigger
0: DJ too. Right.
6: Really? I, mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying like. And, 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 I, and I'm being honest I see it all the time and I saw it and I'm pretty sure that you can relate to this back I say in 2002 I was getting like maybe $1,500 a night in clubs in Philly of course y'all was getting way more money because mm-hmm. New York's a different market but it went from $1,500 a night now you can get a DJ for $200 right I
5: Everybody
6: saw that did. coming so I said to myself I don't Want to be in that position where I gotta depend on a club to make the money or to live a a, a decent lifestyle, to be able to pay bills and have. You know, that my my biggest thing is that and life insurance. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all I care about.
5: When did you get life insurance?
6: I got life insurance when I was thirty. May one.
5: Okay. Yeah. I just did it like five years ago.
6: Why? I know. I mean, I well, just. I know, just, what? Wait, I know you why. Because you know, I mean. You, People think when they're up, they don't really think about that.
5: I think for me it's because I also don't have kids, and I know that's a big thing that people sometimes think about that. Like, it's more it felt more urgent, you know, if I would have had, like, kids that I wanted to make sure that if something happened to me that they were good. But, you know, it was a learning process for me. There's a lot of other things that I've done to try to set myself up for later, but that was something that I had to, you know, figure out last. I was late to the party.
0: You see, for me, you know, it was early you know I, I bought my life insurance policy when i was 21 22 wow I but, but i also bought i bought my first crib at 22 right you know what i mean so it's it's also in 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 the knowledge right so you know my parents were always into the first thing my parents would say you got to buy a house so that always stuck with me you have to have life insurance that always stuck with me so at 21 when i got my first check 21 22 i had life insurance already you know to the point where it's you know immature the one that i got from my mom Matured, I think, like a couple of years ago, and you know, I got another one, um, and I bought my house, my first house at 22. So, when a lot of people were doing this, that, and the other, and spending money to buy cars and jewelry and this, that, and the other. My mom's first thing was, you can do that, but buy a house first, mm-hmm. have a place to stay. Make sure if you do die, your kids will be okay. So, you know, every time I purchased mm-hmm. a house, what I did was I always got a life insurance policy. To take care of that property, that if I do die, I know that my kids are good. Until you know, but then I started making investments, and I know that they, they you know, the money works for itself. Mm-hmm. But that's what I tell everybody. Every DJ out there, if if you if a DJ knows me, the first thing I do is I help them get a house, right? Whether it's Spin King mm-hmm. or uh, Hollywood or any of the DJs out there. Hey,
6: you put if them they, on blast though, like.
0: Yeah, Spin's my guy. Like I'm, I'm the one <laughs> no, I'm that got, got a realtor to take him out to <laughs> right. get the crib because I'm, I'm serious about it. And every time I I used to see Spinking by a chain or a car or whatever, Spinking's my brother, I would yell at him. Yo, bro, what are you doing? Just like Clue would yell at me. Because we have to hold each other accountable. Clue's my brother. Like, uh, you know, he calls my father. That's your daddy. See? That's his daddy. I'll take it it because he taught me everything about this industry. And that's the same that I try to teach these other DJs. So I'm glad you're doing the same. But we need to start. It's just doing all more. about
3: information, because I mean, like I, I've had life insurance for a while. Like you know, my wife got it, my kid got it. But it's just like it's all. Somebody had to tell us. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? That's, that's all it what is. I was
6: gonna say. Mm-hmm. Now, my dad always taught me about credit, but he never told me how to get good credit. See, a lot of times people are misled. They don't understand. Like, they don't. They're not informed. You can say, "Oh man, you gotta do such and such and such," but. You're not telling me how to get that mm-hmm. so where you, you were but where you were you did your dad and mom sit down and tell you well, no. this is how to do something no well. I
3: learned financial literacy in my adult life Yeah,
6: same no mm-hmm. that's why I got life insurance at 31 because mm-hmm. I wasn't he I mean he always told me about it but he didn't say of oh, the importance of getting it you know what I mean same thing with like I said with just being financial
5: right. sta-
6: financially stable later in life and you know that's why I
5: only yeah I only got it because I did a podcast with um, State Farm. And so they did bring somebody up that does like life insurance policies. And I was like, damn, I need to get some life insurance. I can't, you know, talk about other things. And then I don't have everything that I should have together, together.
7: Go Rabu, go. No, I'm, man, I'm sitting here listening. Yo, is... I'm listening and learning. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And like you said, you got to use 21. And like you, my parents didn't, I didn't learn financial literacy until I joined Network Marketing back mm-hmm. in the day, a company called Prepaid Legal Services. I'm traveling and learning with them. And for 20 plus years... Like, when I met my wife, and then Sherry, shout out to Sherry, that's Kev's best friend. Sherry, name. what up? <laughs> when I met my wife, um, I didn't have a checkbook. And I graduated Rutgers with two degrees. Wow. You know, But I didn't have a checkbook. You know, my credit was jacked up because my grandmother, made she, made she rest in peace. You know, when you're in college, you get that credit card. Mm-hmm. She's like, baby, send me one of them home. Right. So I said to her like four credit cards. So my credit was jacked by the time I graduated school. And so when I met my wife, she's like, you don't have a checkbook? And I was like, no. I'm going to check in place. and that's just what it was. I'm from Norton, New Jersey. You know, now I've traveled the world, but in the beginning, it was real. And so, we got life insurance early on because um, we got it through our job, and then we ended up getting some policies after afterwards. But you know, a lot of life insurance is safe. It's not our safe haven. It's it's a decent policy, whatever. But we make way more money than that that'll secure our future and maybe two generations from here if they're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And so. You know what I mean? Kev hooked up because I started a, um, a little social club just to keep financial literacy fun. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not fun. Right. And when I used to make money, and I did okay for myself, um, I would try to put people on, teach them financial literacy, It go one in and out the other. Because people don't want to talk about money Until for whatever reason.
0: It. Until they see the end result. Absolutely. They don't want to talk about it until they see the house, the car, the jewelry, something else that they'd be like, there's no way that you can make that doing your regular job. And sometimes people feel to ashamed,
5: too, if they're not in a, a good financial space. Right. It's hard to talk about it if you're embarrassed that you haven't made, you know, better financial decisions or that you just don't know.
7: Absolutely. And the biggest thing is just not knowing. Mm-hmm. But you're saying the end result. So, Ke- Kevin I hooked up because he has a friend named Sherry um, and and... I started the social club in the middle of a pandemic, May 28th, 2020. And I was in sales for so long and I had to travel so much. You know, I coached basketball with my daughter and I, and I subbed at a school just to get back. But I was never home. And so I said, I'm never selling anything again in my life, ever. And I said, if I can't make money on my money, I'm not doing it. And I'm not knocking people on the sales or whatever. I love them. God bless them. Whatever you love, that's great. But when Kev hooked up, I was like, yo, man, I got this social club. It's like. 20,000 of us at this point all around the world and I'm helping people make money through different investments however I never give financial advice ever you know it's against the law so I said, Kev yo um, can I get on the radio you know so on and so forth and I could that'll be more advertisement just to get people to join our group Mm -hmm. and we don't sell anything so I have no products to sell no services to sell no I don't we don't sell education either we just give it away and so Kev you know we connected, and then we start doing some concerts. We did a concert with Jada Kiss and Jim Jones. We gave away a brand-new Mercedes, and people saw that. There's, like you said, they saw the end result. It's like, damn, what are y'all doing? Then we did one with Cardi B recently. That went decent. Um, I started doing stuff with uh, Clear Vision out of Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, my man Jock from Flo Baca, he's from Cleveland. We started doing celebrity softball games. We did a big one with Jalen Hurts. We did one with... um. Baker Mayfield, and so I start doing these events so people can see that we're real, Mm -hmm. because they believe this. Right. They don't believe the cat Mm -hmm. that they knew from North. They believe this, and so, and I and I sponsor these events. You never make any money by call sponsorship. However, we're becoming a household name. Mm -hmm. So we show people like cat. We find little things that in our social club we're like a um, we're like a cigar bar, or 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 you going down and. Chilling at your spot with you and your friends just kicking it. And that's all we do. And you may come in. he's like, yo, man, I found a way we can make some money. We're going to run it through the channels. If it's legal, you know, we got four feds in our board. You know, a judge on our board. So if it's legal, if it makes sense, <laughs> if it aligns with our integrity, we're going to put it out there. And people join these little platforms all around the world. They make anywhere between, we hate to throw numbers, but 20. Man, talk your talk. Come on, man. Stop being <sighs> talking talk your talk. Sometimes they make 20 to 80% a month on their money in their compounds. Mm. And we've helped people make millions of dollars in the last two years. And we started two years ago. And um, it's, it's a lovely thing, man. Like, one of my boys, he's sitting out there. He's a he's a decorated state trooper in New Jersey, one of the best ones internal affairs. And he loves the fact that, you know, in the next, like, week or so, he'll be able to pay off his mortgage. Right. And so we started doing That's this. While right. I'm at Kev, um, I got published in Forbes. And, um... I came up with this thing called the Rabu Guy One Third Rule, and the reason why I came up with it because my wife and I was arguing, because we was broke, we was in foreclosure for years, because we 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 bit off too much so we could chew. We moved into one of them fifty five hundred square foot of homes in the neighborhood. We couldn't pay for the lights, you know, because during the time when you could get a a mortgage, no money down, no doc, bro, no doc bruh. loan, no doc. So that was us. We was young. You know and my just um,
0: raised during that time was seventeen percent, bro. Think about it. Mm. Buster Rhymes hooked me up with that guy. It was like no doc, get it. I got in that shit. That shit was 17%. Bruh. <laughs> My crib now is less now than I paid back then, which was about what? <laughs> I, what? 10 years ago? Well, no, 15 a, years ago? Yeah. That's it crazy. was crazy. But yeah. I
7: didn't know. We, and he didn't know either. We didn't know either. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we it was our second home because we lived in North and we got a rebates and all that stuff. We got our first home, FHA and stuff. But this one, same thing. Thing balloon. Bro, we was in foreclosure for 5 years. Years. I was DJing bar
0: mitzvahs. I was DJing bar mitzvahs not the going foreclosure. Baltimore, Really? all that. But this th- was this was in like, two thousand and three, two thousand five.
7: Wow. This was eight, eight for us. Yeah, about yeah, about two thousand five. Yeah, two thousand eight. Around that time. And at the time in Jersey, we paid everything else for the mortgage. And I was like, baby, they come get this bad boy because he at the time they they weren't they weren't taking houses. Because right. oh. you know, thank God Mm-mm. they just wasn't they weren't taking houses. Yeah, so,
5: you could be in foreclosure for five years.
7: Yo, we Not did now. Not now. They get you the week back then, but back then
0: yeah. that's when the market fell. And, and, right and at the time, I had three, four houses at the time because I was, I was flipping, and I got caught with that too. But I was DJing everything. I was like, I ain't losing this shit. But
7: and I'm working everything you could possibly imagine. I'm, just, I, I co-authored a book. We sold fifty thousand copies. You know, we, I'm trying to get it, but it wasn't enough. Right. And and you know when I started playing with these little investment things, um, the crypto world started to blow up. Right. And I started to see my friends get destroyed buying tokens they're going down trying to sell them and they start losing money and I was like no we're not gonna do any token stuff either but what we're going to do we're going to use the the crypto world uh-huh. as currency
3: mm-hmm.
7: but we're not we're not trying to buy something like you go to Atlantic City buy something to hold on to it and hopefully it appreciates mm-hmm. which that's not knocking it but bro, what started to happen is even you know, I put Kevin on one of the platforms and Kevin tell you right now like and I know name drop because you're not supposed to do that. He get shout out to everybody. I don't name drop. But you could, it's A-list artists and athletes that play with us. But we started with cats like Camden for New Jersey, Camden, New Jersey. So once I start getting on and we start educating people on how to do this simple, I said, I, I, I called two of my boys in Camden. And I get excited when I talk, when I talk about this. I called two of my boys in Camden and say, yo, I'm going to put y'all on. Y'all take it to the streets. Camden don't even have a police force anymore. What? their crime is some of the lowest that they've ever had yeah, yeah.
5: Sure I remember that was a huge Camden story Camden
3: don't have a police force no they
5: have
7: a they have sheriffs now they don't even have a police force but the crime is so low because everybody eating
3: oh I didn't know that okay
7: when Cass is eating they ain't busting people over the head that's
3: a fa- that is a fact yeah. Yeah. and that's why I don't understand when people have these conversations about police reform when we have these conversations about defunding the police that's what they're saying let's take some of these billions of dollars y'all are putting in police forces and put them in the community Provide resources provide for people. Provide resources. Yeah,
7: provide, get to build trade schools, teach people to trade. like Right, exactly. And so what we started to do, because traditionally, and I'm African-American, traditionally for African-Americans, we don't learn the investment game until it's late, if we learn it at all. Right. And so we had to be real soft about it because, again, you don't want to tell people to put their money. But what we started to do, we start helping people make so much money, and we start buying them these rings. You get a $13,000 ring. When you make money for you and your family, you don't have to sell anything. You don't have to show up for anything. You make your money, and your family start making money. You show me what you've done, and we reward you with this ring. So all these people start getting these rings. And everybody else like, I want the ring mm. to show me stuff. Mm. We have hundreds of people right now with this ring on their finger. And <coughs> when I put Thank out the one third rule, and now I'll, I'll stop after this, what have you? When I put out the one third rule, my wife and I was arguing. Because being in foreclosure and not having any money, when you start making some money, she won't pay anything in the savings account. Because she's thinking this might happen again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, babe, we can't put anything in the savings account. We gotta make it make money for us. So I said, let's 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 come to an agreement. I said, whatever we make, we'll take a third of it and pay debt. So we we paid our mortgage off, student loans, credit cards, everything gone. Then so we'll take another third, reinvest it. We'll take that last third, cut it in half put 50 cents aside for taxes. Mm -hmm. And the other third, go shop. Have you some instant gratification? That has changed the lives of over 300,000 people. Mm -hmm. Our folks don't have any car notes. Mm -hmm. They don't have any mortgages. They don't have any credit cards. They're making money. And so, me and Cav was talking. He's like, yo, the the industry cats need to hear this because people love what they do. Y'all love what y'all do. I know y'all love what y'all do. But sometimes you want to get off the elevator. Or you want to be able to get off the elevator at one time and not have to work forever. And so that's what we do. People, we play a little small investments. Um, some are very conservative. And it's killing the game. But we don't just, we, we, we do mortgage notes. We do Amazon stores. We do Forex. We do crypto. We keep it all spread out. Because if the industry falls and we only invest in one thing, we're okay. all dead.
5: Diversity.
3: Hold on, Paul. I, I, I'm sorry. I have to exit. But, Kev, I need you to come up here by yourself. Rabu, I love what you do. not oh, I, mean? I don't mean it like that. No, it's all like, good. I love the information you're providing. Kev, I, we, I want you to come up here by yourself so we can have a different conversation another time. Okay. But Rabu, thank you. Nah, gotta, thank uh, you, bro. They know I got to leave. Yeah,
0: bro. yeah.
7: Appreciate
0: y'all. Nah. You. But, but For people that do want to get involved, give them the information so they could
7: definitely check it out. On, oh, man. Yes, sir. It's uh, UIGISCmedia.com. U-G-I? U-I-G-I.
5: U-I-G-I. What does that stand for?
7: U-I-G-I? Just... UIGI Social Club. So it's
5: UIGISCMedia.com.
7: Okay. U-I-G-I-S-C- mm-hmm. okay. UIGISCMedia.com. U-I-G-I yeah, for. what does that stand for? United Investment and...
6: Group International.
7: It okay. stands for United Investment Group International, but we removed the word investment again by by advice from our attorneys. Because okay. we never want We're not. We are not investment advice.
0: Exactly. At okay. all. At all. But well, we appreciate you guys for coming back. And Kev, like you said, we got to get you back up here because I really want to get into uh, what you do as a DJ. Right, and, mm-hmm. the, and the reason I say that is a lot of times we don't appreciate the DJ, right? Oh, all the time, and especially uh, DJs who've had their foot in this game for a long time, and there's not too many that are still on radio, right? Whether it's you, the you know the the guy down the corner, Master Flex or Felly Fell or uh, Greg Street, we don't appreciate those guys enough because you guys had a, a huge influence on not just uh, younger kids but also you know. DJs that'll make it, you know what I mean? Because if it wasn't for you, if it wasn't for Flex, if it wasn't for Greg Street, there would be no me. And I mean, I grew up listening to you guys. I grew up, you know, respecting you guys. You guys have had me on your show, and, you you know, you guys continue to give me uh, advice on different things. And I still
6: got my MV vinyl, by the way, but that's... You <laughs> see mine right there? still got And, you know,
0: we always appreciate that because a lot of times we don't. And I'm, I'm glad you're doing this for people in, in, in industry because I do this for the DJs because... I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I really don't give a fuck about too many people, but the DJs. And, and the reason is, 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 I noticed how hard it was, how difficult it is. How you know, Kev could DJ a party, you know, back in the day, and it'd be four thousand people, and then they try to say here's a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And and I really encourage DJs, and and even Angela Yee, we both encourage people to own their own. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, that's why I started my own car show. I I pay right. for everything. Houston car I, show was one hundred sixty-two thousand for me to do, but I did it. You I was I mean? going to come to
7: yours. But God has blessed us. We got a couple of Lambos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my boy Reg from BBS Boys. Okay, that's my man. That's the whole. He's like, Yo, come to come the yeah. thing. But we had an event at my house in Doughboy DJ yeah. Doughboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He DJed my my party. So About the Doughboy. Yeah, yeah. So. But so you know, it's, I
0: always encourage people to you know, you know, cars and jewelry is good, but yeah, yeah. we have to start keeping our own. And you know, yeah. and, and that's why I'm always great. And I always like with Camillo, who owns his own a uh, couple of restaurants. I love it. With Self, that owns his own restaurant. You know, Angelique owns. Uh, uh, a, a hair store a coffee shop a juice bar I have uh, a,
5: a credit building they, platform too called Stellar yeah, wow. a
0: bunch of that so it's like I encourage that so much and we try to promote that and I love to see DJs doing whether it's Quicksilver with the DJ Academy or it's so many different DJs with so many different things I don't want to n- not mention one of them but you know I, I really encourage it so I like to see it because you know and uh, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing in. We'll see you next time on a come up now. We'll see you next time. <laughs> we'll see you next time so we can talk more about, you know, definitely your influence on this game. Definitely. All right. Well, it's the Breakfast Club. It's Cosmic Kev Rabul Gary. Did I say it right? Yes, sir. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs>
1: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your
6: podcasts.
4: That's right. I'm Viosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novela, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9 Love Love at First first listen. Listen.